Good morning once again. If you missed it the first time, my name is Chris. I'm the lead pastor here at Hope Springs Church, and we are honored to be spending our Sunday with you. If you were with us last week, you know that we started a new message series. It's called Anxious for Nothing, and it's based on Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7. What we're doing is we're taking that passage of Scripture in which Paul says, Do not be anxious for anything. And each week we're pulling a little nugget of truth out of that piece of Scripture, and we're going to kind of try to use that truth, God's Word, to help us when we go through our own periods of anxiety, when we go through our own periods of stress. Last week we talked about this concept of that when we've had enough, Elijah had enough, and the Lord said, don't worry, because I am near. That's what we talked about last week. This week's title is called Praying Through the Pain. And here's why this is important. Many of us go through pains and struggles that nobody ever sees. This is something I learned when I was a kid, right? My parents were both um, not very outwardly emotional people. Does that make sense? So they, they kept everything kind of inside. They, they, they played everything close to the vest. They didn't really let people know whether they were happy or angry or sad or anxious or whatever it was. They were just kind of like, you know, middle of the road, float with the waves kind of people on the outside. But I know that they went through lots of stuff because later in life, as I, you know, when you have adult conversations with your parents, that's kind of cool. You learn more things than you ever knew about your parents growing up and and I say this because somehow, some way, that's kind of the way I ended up in my life. Probably because of their influence, probably because of growing up with two parents who were kind of like inside people, close to the vest. I um, pretty much go through life acting like everything's okay. I pretty much go through life, very rarely get stressed, very rarely get upset, just not letting people see what's going on on the inside. And I think a lot of us live that way. I think a lot of us live hiding our biggest battles. Because the biggest battles we face in this world are not necessarily the battles that other people see. They're the battles that we fight in our brains, in our minds. They're the battles that we fight inside. They're, they're the battles that, that we try to keep inside because the world doesn't act that way. The world doesn't want us to show our stuff. The world doesn't want us to show our anxiety. The world says, no, you got to be strong. You got to be up there. You got to be handling it. This is what we do. And even inside, you're feeling weak, like you can't go anymore. The world says, you have to act confident. If you can't be it, at least fake it and you'll get there. You got to act like you know what you're doing. You got to make sure that you at least have the appearance of having all the answers. But inside, we're just really afraid. The world says, your life needs to look like an Instagram story. All the pretty stuff, all the nice pictures, the whole best of and highlight reel. That's what the world says, but inside, we're hurting. Inside, we're anxious. Inside, we're going through stuff that we probably wouldn't want anybody else to go through. We are overwhelmed. We are uncertain. Some of us are struggling. Anybody struggling? Some of us are going through some stuff. 
Maybe you're under constant pressure. Maybe your job's putting pressure on you. Maybe, you know, family or friends or society or whatever it is, is is that you're under this constant pressure to always be something that maybe you're not, always do something that maybe you don't. You're, You're in this constant state of angst and heaviness. Maybe you feel panicked. Maybe your heart starts beating a little fast. Maybe you're irritable or discouraged. Or maybe... You wake up every morning and you're just like, I'm not really even sure I want to face this day. I'm not really sure I can do this anymore. I don't know if you've come in here today in that place or any of those places. But if you have, if you have, I want to just remind us of what Paul says, our encouragement during these four weeks. Everybody stand up as we read this. This is Philippians chapter 4. Turn to your Bibles to there, Philippians chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible, there's some right over there on the table. You can have it. It's yours. Keep it. Do whatever you want with it. This is what Paul says. This is our encouragement. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Everybody say rejoice. Paul writes this from prison. He says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. That's what we talked about last week. And then he says, do not be anxious about everything, but in every situation, in every situation, not just the situations that are easy to handle, not just the situations that really don't matter, in every situation, when your job is at a point where you can't see, stand to go there anymore, when your marriage is falling apart, when you can't seem to stop taking that hit, when you can't seem to stop clicking on those websites, when you're just in a place where everything is just crazy chaos, every situation, Paul says, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So, Father God, help us to open up today and absorb your word. We know that you want a life for us that is not based on fear and anxiety, not based on worry, but that we can put our hope and our trust and our rest in you In Jesus, the one who came and became our sacrifice on the cross so that we could once again be in relationship with you. So, Father, use me however you see fit to make your words be known in this place and help us all to leave here changed differently than when we came in, God. We love you and we pray all this in Jesus' name and together as a church we'll say amen. If you're at home, type amen. Go ahead and sit down. So I want to start by asking this question. It's a good question. We've probably all asked it. The question is, what is anxiety? What is anxiety? That's a good question. It's very complex, by the way. There's no really one good answer. Anxiety is a complex thing. Anxiety is made up of all these little bits and pieces. For some people, it might be physical, right? You might get the heart palpitations. You might get the sweats. You might get the stomach. You know, some people hold anxiety in their stomach where that causes lots of other things to happen. We won't talk about in a church setting. But, but you know, it could be physical. It could also be psychological. For some people, that stress, that anxiety just kind of puts their brain in a place where they can't function. It's just kind of sensory overload. It's kind of like everything's coming at me and I can't do any one thing. For some people, it's environmental. Anybody ever been there? When you get into a certain situation, maybe it triggers something from your past. 
you know, and, and, and you just like, whoa, what's happening here? But one of the things we miss about anxiety is that there's also a spiritual component to it. It's very complex. And, and listen, I want to be absolutely clear about where we stand here at Hope Springs Church on subjects like anxiety, depression, those kind of things. We believe and we will always um, recommend a holistic approach to situations like this. That means, that means that, you know, if you need to go talk to a counselor or a doctor, you go talk to a counselor or a doctor. Maybe that's the, the path that God has put into your life for that. If you need to be on medication to help you be calm and not depressed, we recommend that. Maybe that's what God has designed for you. Maybe it's a lifestyle change. There's a holistic approach to dealing with anxiety and stress and fear in our lives and we will always be on the side of that because you don't know how god's going to work in your life and i am not qualified to talk about any of those things what i am qualified to talk about is the spiritual aspect of anxiety and fear and worry and do you know that some people believe that having an anxious spirit being anxious or afraid or worried about things is a sin you know some people believe that because jesus says i came so that you could have life and have it abundantly i want you to have love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control and if we're anxious that means we must be doing something outside of god's will some people believe it's a sin but that's 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 a load of hooey because jesus in the garden the day before he was arrested tried uh, crucified on the cross for our sin he was anxious he was worried in fact scripture tells us that he sweat like blood some people say that he sweat blood that is not true go back and read your bibles again says he sweat like blood drops to the point where he asked god if you can take this away god please do anything you can so anxiety is not a sin but what is it I want to illustrate it this way, because this is something we can all relate to. I know we can. You know, when you start up your car on the dashboard, there's all these pretty lights, right? They come on, and they let you know that all your systems are working. And then they do what? They go out. But occasionally, occasionally, as you're driving down the road or you start your car, maybe one of those lights comes back on. Maybe it just never goes out. Right? We all know check engine light. Anybody ever had a check engine light come on? Anybody ever had that little thing that looks like an oil pan come on? How about the temperature one? How about those red lights, you know? Okay, right. <laughs> Occasionally the light comes back on. And the light, you know, by the way, my father's way of fixing those lights, this is what my dad would do. Rather than spending the time to go fix the problem, my father would take the dashboard apart, put a piece of electrical tape over the light, and put the dashboard back together. <laughs> Fixed! fixed it works by the way i may or may not have ever done that in an old 1999 ford explorer that i had one time um that's okay but what does the light mean what does the light mean the light is not the problem the problem isn't that the light came on on my dashboard so i got to put a piece of electrical tape over it to fix it the light is a signal the light is a warning that you now should take your car to an expert. 
Maybe it's the manufacturer, maybe it's a dealer, maybe it's a trusted friend, maybe you had the skills to do it yourself, but you better take it somewhere soon because if that light stays on long enough, bad things are going to happen. So when we ask what anxiety is, I kind of think of it the same way. Anxiety is not a sin. Anxiety is a symptom. Anxiety is a signal. And from a spiritual perspective, we have to say that anxiety is a signal alerting you that it's time to pray. It's a sign that says, you better go back to the creator. You better go back to the manufacturer. Go back to the dealer, whatever you want to call him. We have got to connect with God, the one who created us, the one who breathed life into us for our source. Paul says, be anxious for nothing. But in every situation, big or small, whatever's happening, pray. Because if it's big enough to worry about, then it's big enough to pray about. Whatever it is, you got a doctor's appointment, pray about it. You got a decision to make, pray about it. You're going back to school, pray about it. Your kids are going back to high school, and you're worried about what second mortgage you're going to take out to buy that new scientific calculator they put on the school supplies list, pray about it. By the way, we have three. Anybody needs one, just come. We'll rent it to you for like half the price. (laughs) Don't need them anymore. If it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. He cares for us. He loves us. He wants to be involved in us. And and while there are billions of people on the planet, and you got to think to yourself sometimes, well, God's just not worried about me. He is. He cares about you. If it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. Do not be anxious for anything, but in every situation, pray. And that sounds like a great solution, doesn't it? Sounds really simple. But there's a problem. You see, the problem is many of us aren't really sure how to pray or what to pray. Anybody like that? I am. I am not what you would call a prayer warrior. I am not. We ask ourselves, well, are there prayer rules? Do I need to say it in this order, in this order, in this order, in this order? What do I say? How do I call God? Do I call him Jehovah? Do I call him Yahweh? Do I call him Elohim? Do I call him Jireh? What do I call him? Do I have to pray in the King James Version? Do I? Hearken unto the voice of my cry, O Lord. Hide not thyself from my supplication. I hear that. I'm like, could you please repeat that in English? Because I don't know what you're saying. I do not. And then we get around other people. Man, you ever been around somebody who can pray like the Dickens? You ever been around those people? I married to one, by the way. You want to talk about some prayer anxiety that I got? She is. She is, and they're all up there praying, and they're doing the thing, and they're, like, praying Bible verses. They're not just praying Bible verses, but they know, like, the book, chapter, and verse, and they're, like, praying into, like, Isaiah 42, 1. And I'm like, what? Let me look that up. Let me look that up. And I'm over here like, God, you're so good. You're good. You're good. God, you're good. Good to the last drop. God, you're good. Like, you're like a good neighbor. You're always there. You never leave, God. You know, I'm keep it real. And then I'm like, squirrel, you know, I'm over here. Prayer is not one of my strong suits. And I think a lot of us are in that boat. I do. I think a lot of us are kind of like unsure how to pray or what to pray or what to say or anything like that. 
It says, present your request to God. In the Greek, that comes from this verse. Let your needs be known. Let your needs be known. It's that simple. Now, how do we do that? How do we let our needs be known to God? And the answer is, however you want. You do it your way. However you want to say it. However you want to do it. However you want to come to God. That's okay. When my kids want something, when my kids need something, I have three kids. And anybody who has multiple kids knows that none of them are the same. None of them are. When they want to bring their requests to me, when they want to talk to me about something or need something or whatever it is, they, they're all different. Like Emily and I, we used to have lunch every week. And so we'd spend that time talking, and she had something on her mind. And even now, she's still at home, so she'll come to me or, or Susie, and she'll just, we'll, we'll talk about it. Like actual people used to do one day, you know, before cell phones and stuff, people sat face-to-face and talked. My oldest daughter, she's out in California, and she knows I don't like to talk on the phone. She doesn't like to talk on the phone. So she'll text me, and she'll be, you know, whatever's on her mind, and she'll give me those requests. And my son got two words. My son's got a signal. He's got to tell, right? My son wants something, and the text starts with this. Hey, pops, I know there's something coming. I know it. I know it. My kids do not come to me in King James Version. My kids do not say, oh, most powerful and exalted father of mine, thou art the most generous, thou art the most faithful, thou art the most kind and generous dad in the whole world. They come to me in the way that is comfortable for them. That's how they do it. You can do it any way you want. You can ask it. You can sing it. You can dance while you're doing it. You can write it. You can sigh it. You can shout it. Sometimes the only thing we can do is say, Jesus, you can do it with excitement. You can do it with anger. You can do it with joy. You can do it while you're in the car. You can do it while you're walking down the road with your dog. It doesn't matter. God can handle anything you bring to him. That's what he does. He says, bring it to me. He says, bring it to me. He loves us. As a loving dad, I don't care how my kids come to me when they need something. And parents know this. You would rather your kids come to you any way they come than to not come at all, right? Absolutely, every day. And it's the same with God. He doesn't mind. He would rather us bring all of our junk to him than to walk away and try to handle it by ourselves. He loves to hear from us. When you're anxious... It's a signal that's alerting you that it's time to go bring your request to God. It's time to pray. I love the way Peter, by the way, this is the Apostle Peter, writes this in 1 Peter uh, chapter 5. He says this about bringing our request to God and how we handle that. He says, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Hold on to that because we're going to come back to it. Cast all your anxiety on him. Because he cares for you. Peter wrote this. Now, I don't know if Peter was thinking about times past with Jesus. But there's a story that we all are pretty familiar with in the Bible where, you know, Jesus' guys are out on a boat in the, in the Sea of Galilee. And the waves are kind of up and it's windy and all this kind of stuff. And Jesus comes walking on the water. Weird, I know, but that's what Jesus does. Jesus is that kind of person. He walks on water. And Peter's like, hey, Jesus, you mind if I give that a try? Can I come out there? And Jesus, you know what Jesus says? He's like, sure, come on out. Peter gets out of the boat. A normal human being, there was nothing special about Peter, gets out of the boat and stands on the water watching Jesus. 
He's walking on the water. Isn't that amazing? But you know what happens next? Peter starts looking at the waves. Peter starts worrying about all the stuff that's going on around him. And he starts to sink. You know what Jesus did? He didn't do what we would do, right? We'd pull out our cell phone. We'd be like, hashtag ye of little faith, right? No. He reached out his mighty hand and lifted Peter up out of the waves and the wind. That's what God does. That's what God does. He, he, he pulls us up. If we submit ourselves, if we humble ourselves under his guidance, under his hand, he will always reach down in the midst of our anxiety, in the midst of our trouble, in the midst of our worry, in the midst of our panic, in the midst of our pain, and he will pull us up. He will lift us up. We're all sinking. I'm sinking. Anybody ever felt like they're sinking when you just can't get a breath, when you're like heads going under the waves and you're like Peter and you're like, oh, Jesus, help me. And, you know, we just don't know what to do. But the problem, the problem, listen, the problem's not that we're sinking. It's not that we're sinking. That's going to happen from time to time. Remember last week we said there is a chance that the worst case scenario could happen. That will happen. Problem's not that we're sinking. The problem is that we aren't close to his hand. The problem is we don't recognize the signal anxiety is a signal that says go to god pray humble yourself submit there's a word we talk about it's called surrender that's what we have to do we get so caught up in the waves and in the storm this is what peter did this is what happened to peter he was all right he was walking on the water until he took his eyes off jesus until he took his focus off the one who can make all things possible. And this is what we do. We get so caught up in our own wind and our own ways. We get so caught up in our own storm. Everything that's happening to us is the worst thing ever. Nobody else is dealing with this. I got to figure this out. I got to get my husband back in line because, you know, I just can't understand why he's doing the things he's doing. I got to secure my future. I got to secure my future. I got to work more. I got to work more. I got to put more money in the bank. I got to get some bonds over here. I got to do some investments over here. I got to do all this. I got to protect my kids. Oh, my goodness. I got to protect my kids. I got to keep them off drugs. I got to keep them away from those really bad friends. One of my kids has crooked teeth. And I can't afford braces. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I can't afford braces for my kid. Kids are going to make fun of him. He's going to drop out of school. And then one day, I'm going to find him on the side of the road, homeless, with a sign that says, parents couldn't afford braces. Please help. This is what we do. We get ourselves into this cycle of anxiety. We start to feel a little anxious about something. And then y'all do what I do, which is try to take control, right? We try to, like, white-knuckle grip that thing until we can't hold on anymore. But you know what happens when you try to take control? You start fearing that you're going to lose control. And when you start fearing that you're going to lose control, that causes more anxiety. And more anxiety, we try to take more control. We start fearing we're going to lose control. More anxiety. And this cycle just starts repeating, 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 repeating. We want to control the situation. We want to do everything in our own power. But we have got to break the cycle. You do not have the power to control everything in your life. But you always have the power to surrender. You always have the power to humble yourself under God's mighty hand. 
you always have the power to submit to him and go to him in prayer. He loves it. He wants it. We can't change everything in our lives. Even if we go with a holistic approach, we can't fix everything. Sometimes medicines only go so far to help things. So sometimes counseling only goes so deep. You know, you might take six months, a year, two years. It doesn't. We can't fix everything, but we can always surrender. We can always humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God who is waiting to lift us up. He's waiting. Present your requests to God. How do we do that? What do we do? Peter is very clear. He says, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand so that he can lift you up when the time is right, when you are sinking, when you can't go anymore, when the waves are crashing over you, when you think that it is the end of all the end and there's no more to go on and life looks dark and it's black outside. He is there with his hand outstretched to lift you up in every situation. Amen. Come on. Amen. That's what he does. It says, cast your cares on him. That means to throw them off, to release them, to give it away. Let it go. Surrender. You know what most of us do? (laughs) I've been here. We get to that point where we're like, all right, God, I'm going to give it to you. I can't do it no more. I'm going to give it to you. And we're like, here you go, God. Take it. It's been five minutes, God. Ten minutes goes by, and then we're like, I'm taking it back now, God. You didn't work the way I wanted you to work. You didn't work in my time. You didn't do it the way I would have done it. We can't do that. We have got to give it to him. We've got to give it to him because God is good. The first thing we learn about God is little babies. God is great and God is what? Good. God is good and God is good all the time and he is really good at being good. He is sovereign. He is the creator of all things. He knows you intimately and personally. Every hair on your head he knows about. He knows what you're going through. He knows what, what, what is worrying you. He knows what you're anxious about. He is the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega, the king of kings, the rock in every situation, the light in every storm, and the hand that will always lift us up. If we humble ourselves under it, we cast our cares on him. What's weighing on you? What burden are you carrying? You anxious about the future? Your finance? You're married. Maybe you're wondering, will I ever find the right one? Will I ever get married? My biological clock is ticking. Worried about your children? Something big in this world? Are you worried about what other people think? Worried about the face that you put onto the world? Looking like Instagram perfect all the time? Worried about your job? You know, worried about your aging parents? Worried about your health? Worried that you can't keep up? That wasn't supposed to be funny. We worry about so many things. Anxiety is just a signal that tells us it's time to pray. It's time to come to God. 
time to submit ourselves and humble ourselves under his mighty hand. Paul says, I want to read this again, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all because the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about every, anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And this is my favorite part. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God will guard you. It's not your peace. Not peace that you created. It's not peace that your job created. It's not peace that looking at those things created. It's not peace that eating five pounds of chocolate created. It's not peace the world gives. It's not peace that can come from the world. The world can't give it and the world can't take it away. It is the peace of God which endures forever, eternity past, eternity present, and eternity future. If we humble ourselves under his mighty hand, he promises us that through Christ Jesus, through his son who lived and died on the cross for our sins so that we could be reunited under God's mighty hand that peace will guard your hearts and guard your minds in Christ Jesus that peace that peace and I want to do something a little bit strange some of you will think it's strange some of you might be alright with it I want us all to stand up just for a minute And if you are so inclined, I would like you guys to lift your hands up to God. I know that's a little strange. I know it is. If you're not comfortable with it, that's okay. We don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable. But we do this all the time, folks. Come on. We do this at football games and baseball games. We do it at 50th anniversary parties. People come in and are like, surprise, right? Why not give it up to God? I just want us to be there in this place. And whatever is on your heart right now, whatever is on your heart, I want to read these lyrics that we're about to sing over, this, over, over God's people. Just give it to God. Just humble yourselves and allow him to take it. And the lyrics go like this. I called and you answered. And you came to my rescue. And I want to be where you are. That's where he is. You can put your hands down now. You can have a seat. The peace of God will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus because when we call, he comes to us. When we are there, when we humble ourselves under his mighty hand, he stretches it out and he lifts us up. The peace of God through Jesus Christ. That's where it starts, right? That's where it starts. If we don't know Jesus, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't have a relationship with him, if you've never had a relationship with him, and you're like, I want in on this peace, I want in on this rock, I want in on this lighthouse, that's where we got to start because Jesus came to pay for the condition of sin that separates us all from God. Every one of us. We may not think we're bad people, but every one of us inherited this condition of sin that separates us from God, that separates us from his mighty hand. But we can fix that. We can fix that by just surrendering ourselves to Jesus. And so every week before we leave, I give everybody a chance to make that decision. And with all heads bowed, uh, we can pray this together. And if you want to be in that place of relationship with Jesus, where he becomes the Lord of your life, and you want the peace of God that comes with that, 
we can pray this together. Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. I believe you rose three days later, defeating my spiritual death. You are the Lord and Savior of this world. And I surrender. I turn my life over to you. Thank you, Jesus. And so, Father, for anyone who has made that decision today, we just give you all the glory and all the praise. We celebrate with you. We rejoice with you. Because we know you are up in heaven having a party right now. And for us, God, who have been there for a while, help us to remember that we don't have to do this alone, that you are in our corner, you are on our side, you are with us, you are for us. The Bible promises more than anything else that you will never leave us. And that's a reassurance. That's a God that we can trust. So, Father, help us to remember when we get anxious, when we get worried, when we are afraid to humble ourselves under your hand so that you can lift us up. And finally, God, we ask that you keep everybody healthy and safe until we meet again. And we pray all this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And together as a church, we'll all say amen. If you're at home, type amen. If you made a decision uh, to follow Jesus today, we'd love to know about it. You can write it on the back of one of those cards. You can come find somebody, anybody that's up here. There's lots of people we can pray for you. We want to help you get involved with a church that can lead you in that journey, whether it's this one or another one. We'd love it to be this one, but 